In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Will you trust God? It is a fundamental question that God asks even of Adam and Eve in paradise. Will you trust me? Will you not eat the forbidden fruit? What Adam and Eve failed to do echoes to the very present. A failed test. Indeed, God tempts no one, but he does test. And so when our Lord Jesus comes, it is indeed to be tested by God even through the tempting of the devil. For all the fruitful connections that can be made, contrasting Adam's fall to Satan and Christ's victory over Satan, it would nonetheless behoove us to pay as close attention to we can, as we can to our Lord's words. Because when he speaks to Satan, when he quotes scriptures, he is quoting from Deuteronomy. And specifically that part of Deuteronomy that has to do with Israel's sojourn in the wilderness. Which is to say that if you were asked to ask our Lord, what is the temptation about? He would say, see Deuteronomy, see the wilderness wanderings. Then you will have the clearest picture of all. So in the same way that God's people passed through the Red Sea and went into the wilderness, Jesus is baptized and goes immediately into the wilderness. As Moses fasted at Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, so now Jesus fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. As Israel was tested by God in the wilderness for 40 years, so our Lord Jesus is tested by God for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. We are told that he became hungry, which has to be the understatement of all. Indeed, 40 days and 40 nights of fasting would have one on the brink of death. That's when Satan comes and levels his most acute attacks. But we're likely to misunderstand them unless we understand them in light of Deuteronomy and Israel's testing in the wilderness. Satan comes to our Lord and first calls into question those words which the Father had immediately spoken to his Son. As Jesus came up out of the baptismal waters, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. It is this word of God that Satan immediately attacks. If you are 
the Son of God. Then turn these stones into loaves of bread. To which our Lord responds by saying, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He's quoting from Deuteronomy, and if we go back to the context, it reads as follows. Moses says, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these forty years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. In other words, the temptation of Satan is precisely that Jesus would take his own hunger and the satisfaction of his own hunger into his own hands. The questions being asked underneath the devil's temptation. Has he humbled himself? Will he survive and allow himself to survive only on the basis of what the Father gives? Will he keep the Father's commandments? Will he live by the words that come from the mouth of his God? Or will he take matters into his own hands? In other words, will he be faithful? He passes the test. So Satan plays his next trick. He takes the Lord Jesus up into Jerusalem to the very pinnacle of the temple. And standing him upon that pinnacle, Satan now quotes to him scripture from Psalm 91. He says, cast yourself down, for is it not written that God's angels have watch over you, that they will not let your foot be dashed upon a single stone. But rather than engage the devil with the text he has quoted, Jesus says, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, back to Deuteronomy to see what on earth Jesus is talking about. And there we find that Moses is reminding the people of what took place at Massah. At Massah, the people were ready to stone Moses because they had no water to drink. They questioned if God was with them. They outright said it would be better to go back and be under the Pharaoh than under God. 
at this place called Masa, which actually in Hebrew means testing, not only did they fail the test, but they turned the test and put it back onto God. Let him prove to us that he's with us. Let him prove to us if he's truly good or not. Thus Moses reminds the people, saying, Do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massah. And now we see precisely what our Lord sees. That he was being tempted by the devil to turn this from God's testing of his son to the son testing his father, leaping from the temple to see if the father would in fact spare him. The questions underlying the temptation, would Jesus also put God to the test? Would he now try to force God's hand? Or would he trust God? He passed the test. And so Satan moves on to his final of the three greatest temptations. He takes Jesus to an exceedingly high mountain. And he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he says to him, all these will be yours. If only you fall down at my feet and worship me. Jesus finally addresses Satan directly. Be gone from me, Satan, he says. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Again, quoting from Deuteronomy, so back to Deuteronomy we go, and here is the larger context. Moses writes, It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you. For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God, lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you, and he destroy you from off the face of the earth. In other words, we can see precisely what Satan now offers Jesus. Let me be your God. No more testing. No more fasting. No more suffering. No passion. And certainly no cross. Just bend the knee to me, and I will be your God. I will be your Father, and I will give to you all the nations of the earth. Is that not why you came? I'll give it all to you pain-free right now. And so the questions underlying are very simple. Would Jesus 
turn from his father to this other God? Would he be faithful? He passed the test. The devil then flees. And what the Lord trusted comes to fruition. No sooner does the devil depart from him and his true God and Father sends his angels, ministering spirits who care for Jesus. God provides. The temptations of our Lord are indeed a prelude to his cross, to his passion. That language of passion comes from the word passo, to suffer, to undergo, to endure, to be tested. We can distinguish between Christ's active obedience, where he fulfills the commandments of God, but also his passive obedience, where he simply waits, where he simply endures, where he simply trusts and has faith that God will provide exactly when he means to. When Christ bids us to take up our crosses and follow him, he is bidding us to see our lives collectively as his church and individually to see our lives as a time of great testing. I could quote to you a couple dozen of scriptures that refer to this very reality that God tests his people. How differently would you see your life here in this congregation and in the larger church or your life and the particular struggles that you are going through if you saw it as a test? Because that's precisely what it is. Probably the first thought we have when we think of our lives as a test is we think how dreadfully we failed. How completely, how thoroughly, how embarrassingly. Indeed, it's our own unfaithfulness that we don't see the challenges to which we've been subjected as tests. Rather, we see them as opportunities to greedily take solutions into our own hands that aren't ours to take. Or in our anger and wrath and frustration and egotism, we reverse it all and put God to the test and become angry and wrathful at Him, making demands upon the Almighty as if we were the Almighty. Or... We sell our souls painfully cheap to whatever God will offer the quick, easy, painless solution. In this, then, we see the wonderful strength 
the blessed and glorious grace that our Lord Jesus Christ passes all tests for us and incorporating us into himself, his victory becomes our victory. His crushing of the serpent's head becomes our crushing of the serpent's head. His perfect active and passive obedience are what the Father sees when the Father looks down upon you and sees you baptized into Christ, clothed in Christ, his true Israel, because you have been made one with his true Israel, his true Son, our Savior Jesus. But so also, our Lord teaches us what it means to be tested and what it means to be faithful. Indeed, once we have done what the Lord has commanded us to do, once we have done what the Lord has given us to do, and yet we are still suffering, we are still waiting upon the Lord, let us learn from our Master to not take matters into our own hands, but to simply wait, and in due time the Lord will provide. When it seems as though God does not care, as if God is not hearing, as if we should have every right to put him to the test, let us instead turn to the way of our Master and in humility refuse to put God to the test, but submit ourselves to the path, to the cross that he has chosen for us. And rather than turn to whatever God will grant us quick and easy comfort at the cost of our everlasting soul, let us turn to our master and have his God as our God, the one true God then we will see that he sends tests and trials upon us, not because he hates us, but because he loves us, because he is calling us to be more than what we by nature are. He loves us, and therefore he is not satisfied with us as we are, but he desires to conform us ever more greatly into the image and identity of his own beloved Son. So then we are given eyes to see that the trials and testings are not curses, but rather blessings. Indeed, that is exactly the way James takes it in his epistle. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Indeed, God tests you because he loves you. Will you trust in him?
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.